Yeah, hi, good morning, everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell for your Tuesday morning. It is Tuesday, the 27th of June, 2023. Daniel Pettigrew back in the chair. Hope you're all well. Broadcasting through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney, SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane, and SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. 1300 01 1170, our open line number. You can send a text 0457 736 736. That is all before with Vossi and Brandy for listeners through SEN 1170 AM in Sydney and for listeners in Queensland. It'll be Patton Hills after the 6 o'clock news. Lots to come up in our show today. Very busy show. Actually, John Gallo, still from the other side of the world, will join me in about 15 minutes. Give us the latest in football. There's a bit of football news around and getting closer to the Women's World Cup as well. Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast in about half an hour to preview the second Ashes test that gets underway tomorrow night, uh, which you'll hear on the SEN network. And, of course, look back at another good win for Australia in the women's test match overnight. Ash Gardner starring in that one, so we'll talk about that as well. Plenty of rugby league news floating around and want to hear from you as always. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy 1170 our open line number, or you can text 0457 736 736 Tuesday morning at 2 past 5. The Hot Topic, thanks to Rheem. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Hot water need replacing, go steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a Rheem. Before we get to some of the news of the day, I want your thoughts on this. I've seen over the past 24, 48 hours, maybe a bit longer, might have even been uh, earlier on in the weekend, um, some commentary from NRL fans, rugby league fans, and I think it might have started with our very own Jaleesa Apps saying um, that they'd rather not watch, they'd rather, sorry, Origin 3, the game that is going to be played in, what, two and a bit weeks in Sydney, not to happen. A dead rubber shouldn't happen. When it is 2-0, either way, in Queensland, New South Wales, dead rubber shouldn't happen. Now, that will never happen because uh, they make too much money off it, TV, and you just don't know. You can't decide that three weeks in advance. But... I did see a lot of people, uh, it was probably 50-50. Some people thought, very good idea, not to play the dead rubber, would be fine with it. Some people thought, no, uh, we should should still play it, even because you compare that to the last four or five weeks of the season and then the teams that are playing that probably won't be making the finals. So, quick straw poll this morning before we get to the news of the day, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Are you a supporter, even though it's 2-0, of State of Origin 3 being played? Look, I am. Um, it, it's a big thing. Um, then there's a lot of things uh, around it as well. It can't just be scheduled in just in case it's one all. But what do you reckon? 0457 736 736. I think it's, yeah, very 50-50 split. So happy to hear from you. Do you support the dead rubber being played, or do you agree that you wouldn't be bothered if it wasn't played? Focus on the NRL competition. And I have said... A while for a while uh, on this show over the past what four, five, six weeks that Origin does get in the way of the NRL competition. It must be said. Um, so your thoughts: oh four five seven seven three six seven three six or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. And your thoughts on some of these stories this morning: the West Tigers. Uh, we know Luke Brooks was leaving them. Uh, well, he's now signed a, a four-year deal with Manly. As the Seagulls unveiled a stunning $6 million recruitment and retention package, um, Manly is ready to move 5'8 Josh Schuster to an edge to accommodate Luke Brooks. Um, Manly coach Athy Seabold uh, potentially, uh, personally, sorry, told Schuster, who had been given assurances he would play 5'8, that he would now be moved into the Fords with the club signing Luke Brooks. 
Uh, Brooks will join Daly Cherry Evans. Um, of course, 2018 Daly M halfback of the year. He was on a whopping $1.15 million this year at the West Tigers. His new deal at Manly could span four years and be worth around $2.8 million. And they've also uh, uh, yesterday revealed the retention of brilliant centre Tolu Kula until the end of 2027. We're also announcing the sightings of Jackson Paulo from the Sydney Roosters on a three-year deal and Tommy DeLau from the West Tigers for two seasons. Um, Brooks, 28, uh, leaving to go. Um, at the Seabold revealed why he signed Brooks. He said, Luke is a quality player and we want to add quality players to our roster to create competition for spots. He has played 200 games and you don't do that in the NRL unless you're a good player. We think having role models like Cherry Evans and Tommy and Jake Dravojevic around him will help his game. He had been linked to Canterbury, St. George, Illawarra and the Cowboys. According to Seagull sources as well, Schuster is still very much part of the club's long-term plans. Um, I know this was spoken about yesterday on the various shows, I think a broken Matt White show, but look, I I think it's actually not a bad signing for Manly. Um, I think everyone has said for quite some time, read Luke Brooks, probably back to a couple of years ago when he was linked with the Newcastle Knights, that a separation between Luke Brooks and the West Tigers is probably a good thing for both clubs. And I think we've seen this year, not consistently, but I think we've seen this year the type of player Luke Brooks can be. And then flip that to a manly point of view. Daily Cherry Evans, one of, if not the best halfback still in the game. But they do struggle a little for depth in that area. And to be perfectly honest with you, and this is not a crack at Josh Schuster, I think he's a very good player. But I'm not entirely sure, especially at this stage of his career, he is a 5'8". A lot of pressure on him, especially when Cherry Evans is off playing State of Origin. So to have Schuster on the edge, depending if he stays at Manly, and there's a few things going on there. But if he stays at the Manly Seagulls on the edge, Luke Brooks combines with Daly Cherry Evans. I think it's a really good signing for Manly. Um, and I think it'll be a good fresh start for him away from the West Tigers when he finishes up there at the end of this season. Your thoughts? 0457 736 736 is our open line number, or you can text 0457 736 736. Is Luke Brooks a good signing for the Manly Sea Eagles? Is Luke Brooks a good signing for the Manly Sea Eagles? I think he is. I think it's a really good signing for Manly. What say you? Manly fans, Tigers fans, generally. Luke Brooks, Manly, are they going to be a good fit? We'll go to the open line in just a second. Just before that, though, uh, St. George Illawarra have ruled out a release for Ben Hunt to return to Brisbane with incoming coach Shane Flanagan declaring renewed confidence that the captain and halfback will back down from wanting to walk out on the club. So Hunt held a 90-minute meeting with Chief Executive Ryan Webb, Chairman Andrew Lancaster and Shane Flanagan yesterday at St. George Lee's Club where he outlined his issues with club power brokers. It is understood Hunt was told at that meeting that the club expected him to honour the remainder of his contract, which runs until the end of 2025, and is worth upwards of $1.7 million over the next two seasons. Uh, Flanagan said elsewhere yesterday, it was a real positive meeting from the club's perspective and hopefully from Ben. There was a lot of frustration, and you look at the competition table and you can understand where the frustration comes from. Ben's a winner, he wants the club to do well, and he's been frustrated over the last couple of years. Obviously, he's lost a person that he was close to in Anthony Griffin as a mentor, which affected Ben. 
He had some frustrations that he pointed out at the club, and both of us walked out of there pretty positive. Definitely, I did, that we can move forward. Um, he was also asked if he felt that Hunt would remain at the club, and he said, without a doubt, yep, I've got true belief that the club will work hard between now and November to fix up some of the concerns that Ben may have had in recruitment and retention. I think Ben and his management walk out a little bit clearer. He's expected to play against Cronulla on Thursday night. Uh, it is understood as well Hunt has distanced himself from an immediate change of clubs given his children are entrenched in school in Sydney and a mid-season switch would be too much of a disruption to his family. Look, I, I think good on the Dragons. Now, again, we spoke to Jack Clifton, host of the Red Feed podcast last week, uh, about Ben Hunt and the situation, and I still feel there's probably a bit more at play here. The story I don't think is over by any means. But they are... From what we know, they are well within their rights to say he has to stay at the Dragons. Now, whether you want him to stay at the Dragons beyond this year if he doesn't want to be there, and whether you want a player, and we talked about this last week, whether you want a player that doesn't want to be at your club playing for your club, um, despite the fact that I think he'll give it his all, is a big question mark. So we'll see what they can work out. Ryan Webb, Shane Flanagan, Andrew Lancaster, Ben Hunt, his management, and see where they get to. But look... If they can um, work stuff out, that's great. What's your feeling, though? Will Ben Hunt be at the Dragons in 2024, 2025? Yes or no? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 And I asked the same question as I did last week. Do you want someone that's not overly, at this stage, happy at your club to be playing for your club? 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 to the open line. Frank from Blakehurst is on the line. Morning to you, Frank. G'day, mate. How are you going? Yeah, good. Oh, How be, are you? I'll, good, mate. Look, I'll, I'll be quick because I yep. know you've got a lot to get through, mate. Sure. Hunt, uh, he'll, he'll, Hunt will stay for the rest of the year. They, they can't let him go simply because, as others have pointed out, there'll be a conga line of other disgruntled players wanting mm. to go if they let Hunt go. So he, he's got to stay. Yep. He'll go for 24 other The other thing, mate, that I'll say, people have got really short memories about Ben Hunt and this glorifying of the guy. He dropped the Winfield Cup in 2015. Let's just remember, this guy is not a winner. Let, let, he's not a winner. Just just let him go. So that's enough on him. Mm-hmm. Mate, on State of Origin, um, I, the big thing about a dead rubber in Sydney, yep. when New South Wales in particular is, is losing, make it a, a development game. Um, no no players, All players have to be debut, uh, make their debut. No players who've played before. And make the clubs have got to come into this. They've just lost Tobojevic for the rest of the year. Mm. You can't. What do you want to lose your best player, like like say a a, um, a Cleary or someone if he was playing? Do you want to lose him in a dead rubber for the rest of the year? It's absolutely crazy. So I'd say let the clubs nominate the, the top five players from each club who can play Origin. I, it's just ridiculous. We're ruining the club season. And finally, what was your last one? Uh, Oh, maybe that was it. But, um, yeah, no, I think you've, you've got to think of the clubs and yep. we've got to start to protect the NRL season because Origin is just ruining the club season. The two heads don't care. <laughs> and, oh, that's the other thing. State of Origin dead rubber. Mm. Let the New South Wales players wear their junior jersey. So the Forbes, you know, the Forbes Mustangs mm. or whatever. Just let them... Look, just let, let them wear it and make it a novelty all-star game, which it is, mate. So there you go. There's a few thoughts. Thank you, Frank. Thank you for the call. You got through them nice and precisely. Thank you for the call, mate. We'll chat again soon. Look, it is interesting. There's a few texts here uh, saying, and I'll get to them, saying that dead rubbers are pointless. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's never going to happen, is it? Um, but I, I think the clubs... Uh, look, I think really in any state of origin match, and of course I think 
anyone that is involved, Frank, at club level uh, is very happy that your player is involved at State of Origin, but you mentioned Turbo. I would think from a coaching point of view, you're always a little worried, although you're proud of the player and you want the player to do well. You're probably always a little worried that they're going to pick up a serious injury in State of Origin. Now that can happen in any game. Uh, It doesn't necessarily have to happen in State of Origin. It could happen in any game. But uh, you are right, Frank, I think in a game that doesn't mean a lot in the context of uh, the Origin series. I think they'd be even more nervous. Thanks for the call, Frank. Uh, call anytime, one 70 or 0457-736-736. Talking about State of Origin 3, uh, a bit of talk around social media, Twitter, over the past few days about how maybe uh, we don't even play the dead rubber when it's 2-0 to either Queensland or New South Wales. Um, what do you reckon? It's always no, never going to happen, but would you like to see it happen? Do you think it gets in the way of the NRL too much? Luke Brooks for the Manly Seagulls. Is it a good signing or not? I say yes. I think it's a really positive signing for Luke Brooks and I think for the Manly Seagulls. And Ben Hunt, uh, are you with the Dragons, making him stay at least for the remainder of this year? And would you want him to stay if he's not happy with your club at, after this year? 0457 736 736, our text number, or 1300 0111 70 to your text. And John Gallo on the other side of this, talking all things football. It's coming up to 14 past five. At 18 past five, 0457 736 736, or 1300 0111 70, talking about a few things this morning. Dead rubber. Uh, we know we're going to have Origin 2, uh, Origin 3, sorry, in a couple of weeks' time. A little bit of talk around social media over the past few days. Some people saying, why are we playing it? It's never going to change. But what would you do for a dead rubble? Would you not play it? Would you keep it as it is? Would you like to see something introduced? This from the Oval Treatman. He says, hi, Dan. Often the dead rubber is more open game as some of the pressure is removed and still motivation for players to strive for or stop a clean sweep. Always enjoy what Origin offers. Uh, live rubber or not. Thank you. That's the Yeovil Treeman. Uh, this one, though, from James says, dead rubbers are pointless. Only thing they could do if they want to keep it is the venue to be fluid and is played in the state that it is being awarded to. So this game could be played at an alternate venue in Queensland, like up in Townsville. Or if New South Wales ever win it again, as in 2-0, uh, could play it in a place like Newcastle. Uh, thank you to that uh, texter. Good text, James, as well. Keep them coming in. Also, Luke Brooks to Manly. Good signing, bad signing. Uh, look, I think it's a good signing. I really do. And I think uh, Josh Huster, I think, has struggled at times this year at 5-8. And I think uh, Brooks and Cherry Evans could be a com- good combination in the Dragons. They're putting their foot down. They're saying, Ben Hunt, you're not going anywhere. Shane Flanagan is hopeful that he'll be there for 24 and 25 too. What do you reckon? Will Ben Hunt be at the Dragons in the next couple of years? So do you think it's good that the Dragons are putting their foot down? And just before we cross to the other side of the world and speak to Jonathan Gallo, a bit of news uh, as well surrounding the Roosters uh, and more bad news for them. And they've been down to double blow with second row Satili Tupanua facing neck surgery and likely to miss the remainder of the season while Angus Crichton is looking at a month on the sidelines with a knee injury. Uh, Tupanua didn't play on Sunday and they lost against the Raiders. Uh, he woke in the early hours of Sunday morning with severe neck pain. X-rays on Monday morning revealed a bulging disc in his neck that will require surgery. Um, and to make matters worse, uh, one of the better forwards uh, in recent weeks, Egan Butcher, is facing an 11-day stand-down after being in custody on Sunday. Crichton suffered an MCL injury in the game against the Raiders. So we'll see what happens there. They are only still, though, and we were talking about it yesterday, they are only two points out of the top eight, though, and that game on Mon- on Sunday afternoon against Manly could be crucial. Roosters, can they still make the eight? We'll have to wait and see. But one thing I do know is we're going to do this. It can't be- 
Now on Tradies News, it's time for the latest in football. Now, uh, I will welcome Jonathan Gallo in, but I do feel like we've gone back to about 1995 with the delay between me and John. So this is going to be very interesting. He is still in Poland. He's back in uh, Australia in about 10 days' time. I'll be relieved just because I'll be able to speak to him without a delay. John Gallo, good evening to you and good morning uh, for us here in Australia. Yes, mate. Good morning to you too. And uh, yeah, the delay is somewhat about 40 years late by the time I come back to you. So by the time you get, uh, I'll be no doubt sitting inside you having a few drinks in the bar somewhere. So yes, uh, a lot of news, a lot of talk, a lot of two news happening in EPO, which no doubt we'll cover and, and a whole lot more. So uh, enjoy the next five or ten minutes, mate. And I hope you get this in about five or ten minutes' time as well. Yes, it's great. It is great stuff. Let's start with a bit of EPL transfer news because we mentioned last week, John, didn't we, that, that we're only, what, less than two months away from the start of the EPL, EPL season and a lot going on in the transfer market. Yeah, there is, mate. And the major, the major teams of the EPL start with, uh, with Spurs, closer to home with Ange Postecoglou, obviously the Australian manager, now applying his trade over in the EPL now and Apparently he's looking for well. The Yaks, nine players uh, have been told that they're no longer wanted by the club and one of them is the club captain Hugo Lloris, the goalkeeper for France in the World Cup. World Cup winner as well as France back in 2018 uh, and uh, no doubt he had intentions to leave anyway but nine players have been told they're no longer wanted and they've signed uh, Eppoli uh, goalkeeper from the Italian Serie A, Vicario, for a £16 million transfer over the last 24 hours. So, uh, yeah, some big uh, news coming out of Spurs. Obviously, Ange isn't muscling around, and uh, he's certainly welding the axe there. Liverpool have signed uh, McAllister from Brighton, a terrific midfielder last season. The last couple of seasons he's been doing as well. Uh, the Argentinians really put on a performance in the World Cup and a really standout player. So, a big news for, for Red fans. And apparently, they're in the market for Adrian Rabut as well from Juventus. Uh, the French midfielder looking to make the move to Liverpool. He said that he's a, he's a Liverpool fan his whole life. Um, and obviously, it's a difficult one because he's had to choose between Liverpool and Man United. Both those teams are in the running to sign him, although he's expressed interest with Liverpool in the last 24 hours with United. Uh, obviously, they were trying their best to get Chelsea midfielder Mason Mount in the last 24, 48 hours, back and forth between both United and Chelsea. Uh, unfortunately for United, they couldn't secure the deal and have now moved away and expressed interest elsewhere. And, and Rabiot has been one of those players that they've been looking to sign. But as I said, it seems like he's going to go to Liverpool within the next 24, 48 hours, expecting news on that to break. Uh, and also now we've got Man City, who've uh, been, gone, has been uh, told he's no longer needed by the club. They've thanked him for his, uh, what, the five, six seasons he's had at the football club, or perhaps even longer. He's just won the treble with, uh, with Man City, so a massive loss for them. Uh, going to Barcelona, and uh, obviously now Ruud Mahrez uh, has been uh, offered by the Saudi Arabian League, which I know we'll get onto a little bit later on, for a massive fee, apparently five times more of the weekly wages than what Man City can offer, so get your head around that. And mm. uh, Arsenal, obviously, in uh, in the fight with Man City at the moment for West Ham United star, it's sort of Declan Rice, has uh, been offered that uh, Man City has been proposing £100 million transfer although Arsenal's come back uh, with another offer in the last 24 hours with a £90 transfer, plus a £10 million signing bonus and a, and a goal bonus as well. Uh, so it's a bit tit-for-tat in that regard between both Arsenal and Man City for Declan Rice 
Uh, and uh, we're looking at Kai Habits now, former Chelsea man, signing with Arsenal in the last 48, 72 hours as well. So uh, a bit of bizarre decision. Habits to leave Chelsea. Not an expected one from Arsenal, but no doubt he'll bolster the, uh, the deck for Arsenal and the club in the next season, which is only two months away, Dan. So yeah. uh, not that far away at all. Yeah, not far away. You mentioned the Saudi Arabian League. Is that a potential threat to the EPL? Yeah, I think so, mate. I think it is. I think every time I uh, wake up, the news keeps breaking more and more big-name players. Mo Salah from mm. Liverpool is now being thrown up as a potential uh, target for the Saudi Arabian League. Al Edad have been uh, proposing massive amounts of money. Um, and, uh, look, we know how, how much oil and and rich minerals are around in, in Saudi Arabia. We know how many billionaires, trillionaires roam around Saudi Arabia. And uh, although it comes with, obviously, a lot of controversy because the you know Saudi Arabia's history is a little bit dicey, but uh, that's a discussion for another day. But I suppose definitely is the case that this Saudi Arabian prologue, is what they're called, um, is, is a real deal. And uh, we've offered as a severe admirer. He's been top goal scorer in the Premier League a couple of seasons ago for Man City. Uh, they've offered him five times their weekly wage amount of what Man City can offer. And obviously in the running for the most seller, as I've said, they've already pursued the signing of Ruben Neves, who's only 26 years of age, for, for Wolverhampton Wanderers. Um, and they're in the market, you know, for, for about four or five other players, Premier League players, they say, in the next uh, 12 to, to 18 months. They're not going to be afraid to really throw money at some of these big LPL players. So it's a big threat, I think it's a legitimate threat as well. Um, big discussions around, obviously, in the UK about you know the, the whole is this you know a moral or ethic point of view? Should we be selling players to Saudi Arabia, and where is all this money coming from? Uh, those kind of discussions are happening around the Premier League at the moment. But obviously, we know that Saudi Arabian ownership in the Premier League isn't a foreign idea. We know Man City have got Saudi Arabian owners. Uh, we know Newcastle United recently, the last 12, 18 months, have had a takeover by Saudi Saudi Arabian owners as well, um, and we know there's perhaps links with Todd Bowles from Chelsea that uh, apparently we've got a private equity firm where a certain investor is from Saudi Arabia as well. So it's all coming out in the wash a little bit, um, and, and it's certainly causing a lot of stir at the moment in the Premier League, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's really shows that this Saudi Arabian Pro League, with the amount of money that these owners have to throw, is, uh, is certainly you know eye-watering. So... Let's tune in and wait and see what happens in the next two or three months. But I suspect there will be a, a lot more news coming out of that in the next uh, one or two months before the EPL season kicks off again. And it is interesting because the EPL is obviously... Uh, the, well, man, it's uh, Look, there's a lot of different leagues watched around the world, but I think the English Premier League is uh, really the major one that people really enjoy watching if you're not part of the UK. Now, just finally, you're obviously away in Poland. We're only about 23 days away now from the start of the Women's World Cup. We're actually seeing this weekend in the NRL uh, a lot of uh, grounds not being used. So Allianz Stadium, the Roosters played there the other night. That's out of action for a little while. We're seeing games this weekend played at Marvel Stadium, the Storm up against the Panthers. Uh, we've got the Gabba in action now uh, for the Broncos playing a couple of games over the next few weeks as well. So the excitement building, you'll be back here in a couple of weeks, uh, in about 10 days, and we'll definitely be talking about it because it is going to be uh, the biggest event Australia is going to host uh, this year and for many years. Yeah, I think it's fantastic for football and we touched on it previously, you know, this is going to do the world of football in Australia, the um, the world of good and obviously bringing the world game to the Australian shores is something that Australia has tried to do, obviously in the men's department for, for some time and 
been unsuccessful in, in winning the bid for that. Obviously, controversially, we lost it to Qatar, which was the last recent World Cup. Uh, but good to see we finally won the Women's World Cup and we know how fantastic the Matildas have been. They've really been a standout uh, footballing you know, nation for us and, and a real success uh, for Australian football over the last five or six years. has really shone above and beyond and made the game so much more watching and much, so much more likeable for, for Australian girls all around Australia and, mm. and around the world, really, uh, the way the Matildas have gone about their football and being so professional in doing so and uh, you know, playing with the likes of Brazil, Norway, the US, some of the more heavyweight teams in the uh, women's game. It's been fantastic that the Matildas have been able to go toe-to-toe with some of those heavyweights. And uh, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be great for Australian football and obviously it's played in New Zealand as well, which is going to do New Zealand football the world of good. I think uh, the promotion and the excitement building now, as you said, the next 23 days leading into the uh, start of the Women's World Cup will just be fantastic. And I think the excitement will be uh, really joyous. So really looking forward to it. Obviously, I'll be back in Australia in 10 days' time and be around all the buzz and hype. So I think uh, it'll be fantastic for, for everybody involved and for Australian girls as well to go there and watch their heroes play. John, we uh, may catch up one more time before you get back, but looking forward to having you back here. Stay safe and we will chat again in the next couple of weeks. Brilliant, mate. I'll talk to you soon. John Gallo, live from Poland, sparing precious time on his wonderful uh, holiday over there uh, to bring you the latest football news. Thank you to John. We are going to take a break. Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast in just a second. Just this text first. Uh, I know the Blues would feel compliant to picking James Desco, uh, or compelled, sorry, to picking keep picking James Desco, but could Scott Drinkwater at least be on the bench? Blues have to score tries, and uh, Scott Drinkwater thinks and executes try-scoring play better than any other fullback in the NRL. Personally, I would drop Tedesco, but I know they won't. Uh, Mike, thank you, Scott Drinkwater. There's another one, actually, about Scott Drinkwater as well from Lachlan, saying he should be there as well. Look, I've seen Brandy. He's in the office. I'll give him the pen, and he can write that down in his notepad. Scott Drinkwater, he's playing good footy. Uh, and James Tedesco, yes, and I know Vossi mentioned it yesterday on the breakfast show as well, just a bit out of form, isn't he? But I think they'll keep him, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, keep the test coming in. We'll take a break. Talk cricket on the other side of that. It is 29 to 6. Says uh, surely Drinkwater is a shoe in for the New South Wales number one jumper. Ride him, Cowboys. There you go, Lachlan. Uh, look, I think if they're not going to pick Tedesco, which I think they will, I think Dylan Edwards would probably be the next logical uh, step. Uh, all right, we're going to speak to Paul Denon in a second from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast. Tim is also on the line from uh, Balgola, so we'll get to him on the open line in a second. But before, before that, on the open line, 1300 011170. Adrian, good morning. Good morning, mate. How are you going? Very well. How are you, mate? Good, mate. Mate, I just want to touch on the uh, Dragon situation and also Luke Brooks. Sure. Um, the Dragons seem to be like, uh, they're on their high horse saying, oh, Ben Hunt's got a contract and he's got to stay. Mm. But I think people have got a really short memory because like three times in the last month, one of them being the big one, Anthony Griffin, he had a contract too and they bumped him off. <laughs> yes, that is true. That has been mentioned um, a few times. They had, they had Aaron Woods at their club and mm. they traded him off because mm. they got two young gun forwards and it benefited them. Mm. Also, as recently as last week, they bumped off Josh Kerr to the Dolphins because it benefited them. Now, if we're going to allow people to break contracts, then they can't just cry every time that doesn't benefit them. Look, it has been mentioned, Adrian, a couple of times uh, in the recent weeks, exactly what you're saying, that uh, not just in this Ben Hunt situation, but in different situations, that the clubs sometimes let go of players when it suits them, but it doesn't work uh, the other way around in this scenario. It's an interesting one. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out. 
Yeah, exactly. And I mean, uh, also with Luke Brooks, like yep. I'm a one horse Tigers fan, and I just think it's disgraceful that the amount of opportunities we've had as as the West Tigers, as a fan, to move on Luke Brooks when there was X amount of players on the market that we could have replaced him with, mm. to, to, to allow him to go now, you know, at the end of the year, but to allow him to go now when there's absolutely nobody on the market just shows how badly we're running that place, I think. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, what they do uh, in terms of uh, after life after Luke Brooks and their halves. Uh, thank you for the call, Adrian. Call any time, mate. Have a good day. Thank you, mate. Uh, what one three hundred oh one eleven seventy to Paul Denon in a second. Just before that, Tim. Good morning. Good morning. How you going, buddy? Yeah, very well. How are you, mate? Not too bad. Not too bad, mate. Um, I just wanted to talk about the uh, obviously the game three state of origin dead rubber thing. You know, I, I just don't believe at all that there is a good argument for that game mm. um, to go ahead. You look at the NBA, the NHL in their final series, once it's done and dusted and they can't come back, uh, they don't play the final games. Now, you imagine the money in uh, NBA mm. that they're losing out by not playing game six, seven, uh, sorry, five, six and seven after someone has the straight for it's not even a consideration for them you know and, and I, I always think it's funny how the NRL will advertise this game you know I do my vo- you know my voiceover man you know come along Wednesday <laughs> night to the dead rubber watch your team's whole season get flushed down the drain when your star player goes down with a season ending injury join Manly join Rabideau you know, like, it literally, I'm a Parramatta supporter and mm. I feel sick in the stomach mm. that Mitchell Mose might be thrown under the bus again in a, in a game three. And if he goes down injured, that's it. it it's, it's done and dusted for us if mm. it's anything longer than four or five weeks. There is, you know, they say, oh, the money they will lose. But mm. each team spends, what, $13 million, $14 million a year? Yep to try and make the finals. Mm. You know, there's only eight teams that are going to get to the finals. Mm. So what's that? Almost $100 million that's down the drain yep. in teams. But if money, just saying the money argument is stupid. And and you don't sell the tickets until you know you've got a game three. Yep. Now, imagine that it's it's the dates there, mm. the venues there, but... Oh shit! We've got a game three now. Imagine how quickly those tickets would sell then. Yeah, it is a really interesting point, Tim. Thank you for the call. Got to run because got to talk cricket with Paul Dennett. Have you just very, just very quickly, Tim? Have you thought of a career in voiceovers? Uh, definitely, definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. You should, you should. Do. No, look, I take your point. And Julissa Apps, and who sort of started this chat on Twitter that I saw, uh, said, "Is I think when Origin Three is a dead rubber, it shouldn't be played in a high intensity fixture. It's too much of a risk to NRL clubs, premiership hopes." And Tim, that's exactly uh, what you're saying. Have a good day, mate. We'll chat again soon. Thanks again, buddy. Uh, call the open line anytime, one 1170 Definitely has split people uh, on social media on our show this morning. All right, time to do this. Now on Tradies News, let's get the latest in cricket. And from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast, Paul Dennett on the line. Morning to you, Paul. Morning, Dan. How are you going? Yeah, very, very well. Sorry to keep you waiting uh, there, but a lot to get through. We'll get to the second of the men's Ashes test that gets underway tomorrow night. But just quickly, overnight, Australia and the women's Ashes got the win. A remarkable uh, performance by Ash Gardner. 12 wickets for the match. Yeah, she's an absolute star and... Very interesting game of cricket because for the first um, 
two or three days, it looked like it was heading towards a draw. And then, as Salford happens in cricket, the fast-forward button was pressed and the Australians came home and, and won it in a fairly close one in the end. Um, uh, one of the best crowds ever for uh, a game of women's, women's cricket across the, across the days. It was a, a great advertisement for it being a five-day test. Um, Ash Gardner, 12 wickets. Um, Elise Perry got 99 in the first innings. Annabelle Sutherland's got a century as well. And I think that the, the, the entertainment was very good. The only thing, uh, as a bit with the first test of the men's, I would have liked to see the pitch having a little bit more bounce and carry, and then it would have even been more um, entertaining. But I think that it's time for the women to have um, probably best of three tests rather mm. than just the one. Yeah, so do we. Uh, the Ashes we determined overall using a points-based system over a series of tests, one days and T20s. I agree with you. I think I'd like to see more tests. Well done to Australia. Now, the second men's Ashes test, of course, you will hear it on the SEN network tomorrow night, from tomorrow night, as well. Uh, what's your thoughts on it? It's going to be played at Lords. Um, selection talk, predictions. How do you see this one going, Paul? I don't think I've heard as much chat between our two no. test matches in, no. <laughs> in my living memory. Um, and it's awesome. I, I just think that it might have even uh, crossed into the mainstream threshold of English um, of English sport talk. That um, I actually saw an article in the paper the other day about soccer, and they referred to baseball. Um, <laughs> so I get a bit exci- get a bit excited when that's happening. Um, uh, I have had a look at the pitch. It's out there on Twitter. Um, uh, everyone's um, doing what they do on Twitter, pretending that they took the photo of it and mm. um, stealing everyone else's. But um, for the, as is normally tradition, it looks like a green monster, as it should do two days out from uh, a test match in England. I'm sure they will uh, shave it down and it won't be as green as it looks at the moment, but it's a nice contrast to what we saw at Edgbaston. Uh, I really think it's... Um, I, I think England are going to be very hard to beat. Um, I think that the, the notion that they... Um, that their system of play has been proven wrong by the Australian victory in the first test is going a bit too far because they were ahead of that match for most of the way. Um, they kind of lost it right at the end. And um, they're very, very confident. Some of their talk is very un-English, their, their gung-ho approach. But mm. I... You know, it's a toss of the coin, uh, but I certainly wouldn't be writing England off. There has been a lot of talk about baseball uh, after game one. I see you and uh, Menas were having a bit of a chat on your podcast the other day. <laughs> I'm on your side more than uh, his side. But, uh, look, uh, as I said when we spoke uh, last uh, week after the first test, I think the fact that they were playing like that made the first test what it was. 100%. Um, and, uh, and I think that some people are saying, that's great, and we're all happy about the entertainment, but you've got to win. And, and I'm making the mm. point, I still think actually that's the right way to play uh, in order to win. Mm. Uh, maybe maybe Stokes' declaration in the first innings, I wouldn't have done that, and mm. one or two other things. But yes, if you um, rewind history and have a, a conventional English captain in that first test, it may well have petered out to a fairly ordinary draw. There would have been a lot of criticism justified of the fact that the pitch was pretty flat, and everyone might have been saying, oh, these ashes that we're really looking forward to, um, let's not be so excited about it. And, you know, the Premier League's not too far away. So I think that yeah. um, plenty of credit to England. But as I said, I also think playing with freedom is the right way for them to play. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting. Now, we asked, well, we spoke last week about selection talk. There was a bit of a down on Marnus Labuschagne uh, yesterday morning. It seems like he'll be all right. Do you see many changes, seeing that they have had uh, the week off? Or are you sticking to what we talked about last week about more potential changes in between the next couple of tests, seeing they are a lot closer together uh, than the first test and the second test are? 
Yeah, I, I think that the only, um, <laughs> says he with um, nervousness, because yeah. you know, they're, they're bound to spring a surprise, but I think the only likely change is probably uh, Stark coming in for Boland. Mm. And a lot of people would say that's a no-brainer, given the way that um, Boland was a bit disappointing in the first test. Having said that, there's a slope at Lords that um, is perfectly, it's tailor-made for Boland's style of bowling. And so there might be a temptation to keep him for this test and then um, bring Stark in for the third test, which, as you say, is, is, is pretty much back-to-back. Um, I can't see any other changes unless they go with um, Stark potentially instead of Hazelwood, uh, depending on, uh, you know, again, a sort of a rotational system. Yeah, well, it will be very interesting. I, I'd be surprised if there are many changes, but uh, we are not the selectors. Now, just before I let you go, and then I'll get your prediction on how this test will go, Lords, the second test, you're not, a, you're not as big a fan of Lords as a lot of people are. I know, it's illegal to say it, but I'm, I'm proud <laughs> enough to be able to come out there and admit it. Look, I remember the first time I was there, I was in England at, at, at Trent Bridge, and I was having a great time, and a guy said to me, um, you go to Lords next. I said, yeah, and he said, look, you'll love it but it's not quite as good as here. And I thought, oh, come on, mate, you know. Mm. And the thing about Lords is, yes, there's all the history and it is wonderful. But what I love about every other ground is that you get the best combination of a cricket and a sort of a, a soccer atmosphere where mm. they are heaving. Um, it's so much louder at all the other grounds than it is at any Australian ground. And if you haven't experienced it before, you get the shock of your life in a very pleasant way at just, um, you know, they're all having 14 pints. There's no doubt about that. But they all watch every ball. <laughs> yes. Um, but because it, it's a less mainstream sport, the people who go tend to be really into it. And so they're into um, having a great day, making as much noise as possible. And at Lords, there's a little bit of a dilution of that. There's a little bit of a like, um, we're here to be seen to be here and it's a social occasion. Now, mm. um, I hope no one from Lords is listening um, <laughs> because I still do like it. But if you ever get a chance, you know, go to Birmingham, go to Nottingham, go to um, to Leeds, mm. uh, rather than Lords as your, as your first choice, I, I reckon anyway. And we're hoping to have a chat with Julissa Apps, who we've mentioned before on this show uh, in a couple of weeks' time when she is going to be at Headingley. I think she's going to day one or of the third test. All right, uh, focus all on the second test at the moment, though. Paul, how do you see it playing out? Um, I reckon that I, I, I feel sorry for uh, Crickviz, who try to predict these sorts of things. Mm. Their, their model, I think, does... 10,000 iterations. I reckon all 10,000 of them are uh, probably different at the moment. But if I had to be forced to uh, make a selection, I'm going to go for England to hit back, um, unfortunately. Ooh, England to hit back. Now, do you see it going five days? No. um, (laughs) It's very hard to say that with um, whenever there's Ben Stokes around. Uh, The weather forecast is pretty good. Day Mm. two is the only day at the moment that looks like there could be some rain, but I think that um, on the whole it should be fine. So, um, no, I'm going to say um, more like four days is my, is my best guess. Four days. All right. England to hit back, uh, in your opinion, and it'll be one all. Which, look, I know we want Australia to win everything. Uh, however, it would probably be good for the series if it was one all and going into that third match. I think it'll be another excellent test match. Paul, great stuff. Thanks for joining us so early. Uh, give the Cricket Unfiltered podcast a quick plug. Yeah, we'll be doing live, uh, live um, uh, post-match reports as soon as each day is over. And... Um, and as you said, if you wanted to hear some uh, some controversy last episode, um, Ben and I kind of, in a very good-natured way, significantly differ on our views on baseball. Everything I just said, he said the opposite. <laughs> Perfect, mate. All right. Uh, we will chat again next week. We'll wrap it all, wrap it all up and see where this series uh, is at after two games, or oh, two matches of the Ashes. Thanks, mate. Thanks for getting up nice and early. We'll chat next week. My pleasure, Dan.
Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast here. Menas, Jaleesa Abs do great stuff uh, with that. So make sure you have a listen and follow them on Twitter. And we'll chat with Paul whenever uh, the match is finished, whether that be Monday morning, Tuesday. Well, it won't be Tuesday morning. It could be Sunday. I might not even be here. We'll wait and see. He thinks England will level things up one all. Just quick text. Uh, this from the uh, Windsor Warrior. Has Tim, uh, our earlier caller, thought about the 30K that Mitch Moses might like for playing in Origin 3? Look, that is a good point. And that's another reason why... Um, and I understand where Tim's coming from. I wouldn't want a player that plays for my team if you're a premiership chance to get injured. No one wants to see injuries in Origin. Brad Fittler even said that uh, the other day. But it's another reason why Origin 3, whether it be a dead rubber or not, will never be cancelled because these players are getting paid $30,000 for it. But I understand where people are coming from and it has definitely divided uh, everyone over the past few days. We'll take a break, finish off with more of your texts. It's coming up to 10 and a half to 6, breakfast not too far away. Okay, some quick fire texts to finish things off before breakfast comes up. This from Razor. Arguing with a New South Wales supporter after losing a series is like getting arrested. Okay. Everything you can and will be used against you, so you're right to remain silent. Thank you. Uh, no such thing as a dead rubber. It's state first state. Wake up people and support your state. Uh, thank you. Uh, this from Junior Smithy. Morning, Dan. The NRL will never give up on an origin game, even if it is a dead rubber, as they will lose out on too much money. Yes, agreed. From not having all three games they need to shut down the competition. And look at what they can do to grow the game. Um, I would go... Uh, I would go a bunch of nines in different areas with the invitation extended to the states slash comp teams, group rep teams in New South Wales and world teams like the old world sevens. Thank you, Junior Smithy. The Chookman says, really? 600K for Brooks. Tell him he's dreaming. All right. Thank you, uh, Chookman. Roosterman says, so if it was 4-0 in the Ashes, we wouldn't want to play a fifth test. Uh, and put the sword through them. Dead rubber, uh, lots to play for. Uh, but Andy says the dead rubber is a waste of time. Call it off. So it is uh, mixed everywhere. Social media here. And this one from Bondi Jack uh, says, Dan, uh, forget alarm, alarm bells on Lodge. Put them on the coach. From round one, Trent destroyed a Sammy Manu Soali combo on the right. Uh, he tweeted, treated Walker like dirt. Also Lodge in our best two props. Uh, these four won him eight from eight before Trent lost his mind in the 2022 semi. He got rid of eight from eight Verils, then ruined the Bellamy plan for cheese and killed us by starting poor Hutch at centre. Uh, okay, not entirely sure I agree with all of that, but good point. Uh, some of them. Bondi, Jack, thank you for your company today. Breakfast with Vossi and Brandy coming up in Sydney. Padden Heels for you in Queensland. I'll be back with you tomorrow morning from 5am news, then breakfast. Have a great Tuesday.